Hello and welcome to another episode of Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance. I am your host, T. Erica Patterson, and I am exploring the link between mental health and personal success. What do we need to be successful? Do we need to follow the crowd and make sure that our thinking is in line with what they're thinking? Or are the most successful and brilliant people the opposite of what the crowd believes that they should be? You, you be the judge. Today I want to talk about depression. Because I believe that everybody's probably experienced it at some point in their lives. Depression is a prolonged period of negativity, negative thoughts, feeling down about yourself, lack of motivation. It's prolonged. It's not just one day and it goes away. It stays with you. And most people believe that it is a mental thing, like a physical thing. So over the years, I tried to make peace with the times that I felt depressed and tried to understand what was going on during those times. And nobody in my family has been depressed. I don't know anybody personally who goes through that extended period of just sadness, the way I was feeling for so many years. It was really disappointment in myself because I felt that I had so much potential and I wasn't reaching it. And I was mad at myself for my lack of progress, even though every year I was making progress. But I wasn't giving myself credit. I was beating myself up. And I was angry with myself for not moving faster than I thought that I should be moving. So I was always depressed. I was always sad. I was always telling negative stories. I was always feeling like a victim. I was always feeling like life was out to get me. Which is the opposite of what I teach my sons. I teach them that. They are not a victim in life. Life is there to reward them. They can have anything that they want. Anything that happens as a challenge can be overcome. Sometimes it may take a little bit more work than others, but everything can be overcome. I wish I had that type of advice, and I didn't. But I've been dealing with this thing called depression for a very long time, many years. I can even think back to my teenage years. Most kids are depressed, too. You know, because they're confused. So maybe it was chalked up to that. Maybe it was my experiences growing up in my home. It could be a lot of things. But the most important thing is I'm not there anymore. And that's a big difference from what I used to be just a few years ago. Well, how did I make the difference? What what made a difference in my life where I don't feel like I'm a depressed person anymore? Well, I'll tell you a story. Back when I was living in Los Angeles, <laughs> um, I was doing a lot of exploring of myself, like all the crazy ideas and things that I wanted to try. I was able to try because in Los Angeles, there are lots of pockets of groups that are structured by interest. So if you move to Los Angeles and you want to make friends, just pick an interest. If you're into weightlifting, there's going to be lots of groups you can join that's really into that. They're not worried about race. They're just worried about their interests. Anything you could be interested in. I even met a group of women who were women arm wrestlers. (laughs) I was like, what? What is that? Who would have thought to put that together? I did roller derby for a while. Like I was just out there trying so many different things. 
trying to learn more about myself and what could stick. And I did learn a lot about myself. But it was my time studying within the BDSM community, the BDSM and fetish community, that really changed my life. For those who don't know, BDSM is bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. And fetish just means that there's something that really, really, really gets you off sexually, makes you, you know, arouse immediately, and it's some, a trigger for it. So I joined the BDSM community because I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a dominatrix. Maybe I'm supposed to whip men. And just this, that whole thing was intriguing to me. And it had been for many years. So I joined the BDSM community, started taking classes. There are literally legit classes to take, workshops to take. Seriously, it's really not what I thought. I just thought it was just a bunch of people being mean to each other. But it's not. There's a lot of education going on because the bottom line is within the BDSM community, these people are enjoying alternative routes to their lifestyles and sexual satisfaction. And the beautiful thing about the BDSM community is people own who they are. I met women who would say, I like pain. And I have to admit that I met men who would say the same thing. I met people who admitted to the craziest kinks that was outrageous, and I got to explore some of my own kinks and meet people who were into it too, where I thought something was mentally wrong with me. How could you like this? And I met other women who liked it too, and it brought me relief. So while studying within the BDSM community and meeting people who were honest about their desires and and what they liked and what turned them on and the life that they wanted to live... I realized that people who like pain, it's not always physical. Some people enjoy emotional pain. And it made me think about my life because these people who enjoyed emotional pain, they were with people, they were partnering with people who liked inflicting emotional pain, who would degrade them, who would hold them to high standards, who would um, insult them all the time. And they would do things to hurt people so that that person can hurt them back. And it became a cycle. So that's when I realized that sometimes people in abusive relationships are there not because they don't want to be, but because they secretly, and they may not even realize it, love pain. Because how can you jump from one abusive relationship to the next? I know women who got themselves into an abusive relationship and they would never go back to anything like that but people who go from one to the next to the next tumultuous abusive degrading you're staying in this situation because in some way it's satisfying to you and it made me think about my myself and all those years I spent depressed and all those years I didn't realize I was so depressed Until one day, a woman told me, she said, I'm surprised you have good news. Because every time I talk to you, it's always something sad. I was like, dang. I didn't know that until she told me. I thought I just was sharing stories about my life. And my life has not been 100% sad. I've achieved every dream that I've had so far. And I'm still working on making them bigger. There's nothing about my life that I should be ashamed of. Everything in my life is going according to how I want it to. 
and I'm trying my best and I'm seeing results. Sometimes it's minimal. Of course, it's not fast enough as I want to. But I've been doing amazing things with myself. What was there to be disappointed about all these years except that I wanted to feel disappointed? That I enjoyed on some subconscious level feeling bad about myself? That I would turn anything that was happening and look at the bad part of it and focus on that and, and sit in that feeling like it was an old comfortable chair and just sit there and meditate on it and, and feel bad and feel worse and feel worse and feel worse for days and days and days at a time. Why would I choose those thoughts over celebrating myself? Because the thoughts may come and we probably can't control them. But we can choose how long we linger on them. And I'm not saying you need to be positive every day. Because I'm not positive every day. I get mad. I get annoyed. I'm angry. But at the same time, if you're experiencing an emotion that you don't like, there's definitely a way to reframe that emotion. To, to, to look at that situation from another angle and see a benefit of it. Or to understand that even though this thing is happening in your life, it won't impact you forever. It's not permanently debilitating. But if you don't choose to see your life in that way, if you don't choose to see the situations in that way, then you won't. And you'll think everybody's out to get you. You're a victim. And just continue to compound those negative thoughts because it feels satisfying to prove yourself right. That the world is out to get you and that everything happens wrong in your life and that you're a horrible person. We're always trying to prove ourselves right with our thoughts. Whatever perspective we have of the world, when we walk out into it, we're looking for evidence to support our perspectives. So if I think, oh, I'm so sexy, every man wants me. And I walk out and a man smiles and I say, see, he want me. <laughs> but if I think I'm so disgusting, every man hates me, every man's out to get me. If a man smiles at me the same smile, I would think, see, he's, he's plotting to kill me. It's about perspective. And we choose our perspectives to satisfy. We choose our perspectives to satisfy how we want to feel. That's why I believe emotions are a choice a lot of the time. Because when they come, we can reframe it quickly or we can delve deeper into it and allow it to sit in our lives. But for me, for many years, depression was comforting because it was how I was used to feeling. It, 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 it gave me the, the satisfaction of knowing I'm right. I am a horrible person. I'm right. Nobody can stand me around me. I'm right. This thing's not going to work, work out. I'm right. I knew I was right. I knew I was right. For all the wrong things. But one day I decided, I don't want to be like that anymore. And it's not, like I said, I'm not poly positive. Definitely not. I don't think the world is out there to embrace me and give me every single thing that I want and everybody's going to love me. I don't think like that. 
But I do believe that there is some good in the world sometimes. And I do believe that I deserve good things to come into my life. And I refuse to sit there and be depressed for years on end, wasting my life and my opportunity to enjoy this experience. I'm no longer comforted by depression. I look at it as an intrusion into my life. And there are days when I'm feeling down for days at a time. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's usually when I'm going through a challenge and I can't figure out a solution for it because I'm very smart and I'm very resourceful. And if something happens, I usually know how to handle it and I teach people how to handle their issues too. So if I'm going through something and I can't figure it out, wow, it sends me into a tailspin. But now, instead of allowing myself to sit in that negative tailspin and that depressive tailspin, what I'll do is I'll remind myself of all the times that I was in this same situation and things worked out for me and I didn't know how. How many times have things worked out for you? How much time did you waste being depressed and things still worked out? I'll never forget one day I was sitting in bed depressed because I had applied for two jobs and the one I thought that I was going to get for sure called me and told me you didn't get it and I didn't know what to do bills were due you know how it is when everything is on to the wire it's the first of the month and you're like what and I literally sat in bed the entire day and I was so weak and drained that I couldn't even cry And I sat there all day long. And by the end of the day, like 3 o'clock, my phone rings. And it's the other job. Hey, we want you to start tomorrow. And I sat there and I said, why did I waste my time? My whole day, I should have been out having fun. I should have been relaxing, exploring the city. I was living in a new city. I should have been having a good time. Because the job that I thought I was going to get, I didn't get. I didn't really even want that job. And the one that I ended up getting was more in line with what I want to do with my life. What is wrong with me? I had to learn to stop being comforted by depression. Depression is no longer my friend. And I'm not going to stand for it to show up into my life and overtake me anymore. Because it's my choice. It's my choice. And when I feel it coming on now, I'll do something. I'll go for a long walk. I'll turn on my YouTube videos or my Pandora. And I'll start dancing and singing. I'll create something beautiful for others. I'll reach out to others and tell them how much I appreciate them. I'll do anything not to focus on those thoughts and that feeling that's trying to overtake me and be my best friend. Depression will not be my best friend. I've moved on from that. It's not comforting. I'm not a masochist. I don't like emotional pain. And I'm not going to sit in it any longer. You're listening to Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance. I am Tierica Patterson. Thank you so much for following along. And I'll talk to you soon.